everybody. Welcome back to an identical draw podcast. Um, this podcast year is presented by Vortex Optics and um, a little hot tip this next month when you're out looking for shed antlers, wear your binos. Keep your bino harness on um, and yes, have your binos because can't tell you how many times you'll walk, you're walking through some ground and you see a little glimmer of something and you're like, man, I wish I had my binos. I could just pop it up instead of having to walk 100 yards over there. I don't know if your vision's that good, but um, you can check it like, out. You can just pop up your binos, be good to go. It's not like you're spotting a ton of sheds with your binos, but every once in a while when, mm-hmm. when you do see something, they're really nice to have. Yep. Hit it. This is one of those rare times where we're not in the car. We're actually making dedicated time to podcast. Yeah, it's strange. Hopefully Maybe we should just add it. in a little car noise in the background. Yeah. So <clears throat> it's February. This podcast, we are going to be covering a lot of management things we've done. Sprinkle in a little bit of shed shed hunting, a little, little taste of that, um, because we got we got a little little taste of that. Um, I think this is going to be like a management roundup podcast. And then in the coming weeks, we'll get a little bit more specific into each topic. Mm -hmm. So, um, man, when January hits, the saws come out and, uh, we are running, uh, steel saws, MS 311s, big old, um, gas power with a 20 inch bar. And then we've got, uh, MSA 200 C, I believe. And that's got a 12 inch bar. That's the battery power. And uh, I think that's the second biggest battery saw they have. I think there's a 220. So um, for size-wise, 12-inch bar, I mean, we're cutting, um, I mean, 6 to 7-inch diameter trees at least. I mean, yeah, I dropped a, I mean, I dropped an oak with it. That was probably 12 inches. But yeah, um, yeah, nothing huge with that saw, but man, it, it does work wonders. And the battery is, we, we cut like, constantly cutting with it you'll get about four hours of use on that battery really good use um, i'm talking like drop it a tree dice it up go to the next tree drop a tree dice it up you could do that for four hours with that battery super easy to use no tools needed really start up um, i mean you just freaking hit the trigger yeah and it's so if you're in the market for uh, a, a, a saw we definitely recommend steel too bad we don't have a code for you guys to use but um, if you're kind of looking for a lighter um, DIY can also use at home kind of thing. Definitely go with the battery power option. Super nice. Still has a lot more power than you would expect a battery powered saw to have. Um, but if you're going to be an everyday, um, bigger trees kind of guy, I definitely recommend the getting a gas powered. Yeah. So, I mean, th- those are kind of the tools. And of course we've got, um, helmets with masks on them. We wear glasses. Um, technically I'm not sure if like like safety wise, you're supposed to wear glasses underneath like the shield things we have, but we always do because I feel like you can still, like I've still gotten like dust from cutting in my eyes and, and, that, and that annoys me. So we will always just wear some clear glasses underneath. And then we've got, um, just like sturdy jacket on. And then we wear chaps, of course. Um, Definitely. If, your if you're not like a personal, uh, PPE kind of guy, uh, you, you kind of put the, um, protection equipment to the side when you're chainsawing. If there's, one thing I would urge you to have on it'd be chaps. I mean, mm-hmm. on two two of our four pairs, I mean, there's like 
slash marks on them because you and we didn't even know when it was mm. happening but a little bit of that chain will catch could catch it easy so yeah it's usually like i feel like after you're done with a cut and uh, maybe that blade's still moving slightly or something and you just put the saw by your side or something i mean you yeah. could be watching 100 percent and just you'll see uh just catches up on you a ton of woke dudes on instagram chainsawing without chaps and um Usually it's above their head. Too. Well, I mean, we we were that woke guy at one point. Yeah, I, mean, until, I remember Matt Ross, the first time we were walking the property, he's like, I saw you guys cutting. You need to be wearing chaps. And I was like, done. Great. Thank you for letting me know. So this is our, if you're cutting with the saw, wear chaps. Um, we didn't even know everything else. But. I mean, being new to chainsaw, we didn't even know chaps were a thing. So maybe, you know, uh, maybe. And we just wore our first light, um, like Upland, the, the um, saw, saw buck. buck brush pant, which I mean works really well. But I mean, you want another layer on there too. Um, so yeah, that's that's the that that those are our tools. We always have a bunch of extra blades with us. Um, we carry the gas and the um, bar oil and stuff, um, and then a crap load of water because it's hard work. Um, and so yeah, the first day of timber work, we went to the area um, around where I shot my buck this year. And the thing we wanted to open up there is just like we wanted more visibility. Is probably our biggest thing. I mean, we want more sunlight in the area, but really it's visibility for the deer and for us. Um, during, like during hunting season, during yeah. our hunts. Yep. It, I mean, there's like a whole basically like block of of trees and branches that you can't see, mm -hmm. see through with that hedge and mm -hmm. how thick it is. Yeah. And so we just cleared that area up and we're taking out, we're taking out hackberry. We're taking out some hickory. Um, we're taking out locusts. And that, I mean, some, some people, um, we've talked to is like, uh, I won't take out honey locusts cause they'll eat those pods. I'm like, yeah, they will, but we've got a million of them. And also we have much better food sources than that. Um, and so I we mean, take out honey locusts. I just, the honey, like some people have like the genetically modified honey locusts that don't have thorns, but our honey locusts have the big old giant. Is that it? Or is it a different strain of the tree? Well, <laughs> Whatever, whatever, however they did it. Um, I mean, because they're all the honey locusts in in town are thornless, and you wonder yeah. how they. I don't. I don't know. I mean, it's the exact same leaf. Exact they both same say honey thing. locusts, like. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Yeah. What. So, anyways, ours are thorny as hell. Mm -hmm. Um, and then we also take out hedge, which in this area where we started out, we weren't really dealing with that. But any any hedge we see, I mean, they take up a crap load of sunlight, because like. Most of them don't like have a very like long trunk. They just like from the base of the tree, they just sprout out. And again, they're super thorny, like big old thick thorns that'll like could easily puncture you. Um, and then they make those crab apples and big thick leaves that like just block out anything. Like they block out as much sun as a cedar does, really. So we uh, say like, they don't have like super thick leaves on them. It just mm -hmm. it's like they sprout out so many. Yeah, on the branch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're just unpassable. Um, so we've been girdling a ton of those because dropping those is really unrealistic. Like, it's not a tree that you can just like uh, do a quick cut on and drop it, like watch it fall over, like nice and fun, like a hackberry or an oak or something. It's like you have to cut forty branches off in order for there to be a trunk. Like, imagine just imagine a weeping willow, like how it leans over to the side and the and the leaves are almost touching the ground, but those branches are like firm. One, yeah. Like 1000 times stronger. So when you cut this, like it'll like fall slowly and then like 
just basically stand, mm-hmm. stand there. And like a, a, a branch on a hedge, a branch the size of my finger will hold up an entire tree. It's like locked in somewhere. Cause it's that strong. Like I'm not even joking. Like if, if yeah. some, some tiny branch, so you got to clear out a bunch of stuff around that. I mean, yeah. taking down a single like hedge branch, this off season took us like an hour with three guys. Like one of the, the big one in our clover plot. <laughs> so it's like cutting through it. It's the hardest wood possible. They may, I mean, we've talked about it before, but they, they, the companies make long bows out of it. Cause it's such a hard wood um, burns hot as heck. Um, so that, we kind of digress there on the, on the hedge, but that, that hedge, the Osage orange, that it's all over our property. And we, I mean, it's patience is the hardest thing with that. Cause you just want to knock them all out. Cause they're not doing mm-hmm. anything good for us and stuff. So, and we, I mean, we're constantly just trying to get every bit of sunlight out of it. And that's just, yeah. Bad tree. The bad. only area that I like them is, um, some spots close to the road. I mean, it's like a, it's like a fence. Like you yeah. can't, you can't see through them during the fall, but mm-hmm. we are trying to change our, our North corn, um, edge. Cause there's a lot of hedge over there and they, they just, they'll make scrapes under it sometimes, but we're really trying to get some better trees along that edge. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And it's, again, it's all about diversity and like some chunks of our, I mean, the North chunk of our ground is probably what? 10 or 15 acres of just like straight hedge. I mean, just you get about. the, you get the occasional honey locust and hackberry in there, but it's basically just a freaking hedge mm-hmm. forest. And that's not a good diversity. I mean, the cover in there is great and they'll bet up in there for sure. But it's just like, man, you want, you want a little better look in there. Um, so anyways, we started where I killed my buck kind of North central of our ground, just removing that, getting more sunlight in there, getting better visibility, cutting down these trees we don't want. Um, and we spent a day in there and then you want to talk about yeah, the oak. We really didn't make a lot of, we didn't really make that plot any bigger, but we just, um, the North Clover plot. Yeah. The North Clover plot, but we definitely got better sunlight in there mm-hmm. and better visibility. All the trees around that plot are now girdled in or dropped. Mm-hmm. So, um, working a little bit South from there, Nate, um, did some girdling and dropping with the smaller saw and then, um, pretty central of our ground. There's a ton of oaks, um, pretty, pretty mature, um, big oaks, but they were too close together. None of these oaks that we've seen have ever produced, uh, acorns. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, I don't know how many acorns I've seen on the 80, but we have, yeah. we have oaks and we have white oak, bur oak, post oak, mm-hmm. pin oak. I'm not sure if there's a pin on there, but a few different of the subspecies. Um, that's what you call them. So I, we kind of talk about it. We're like, okay, we know, we know the studies it's giving that oak, um, room to grow is the best way to produce acorns. Um, was it, uh, Craig Harper, mm-hmm. um, did that study at 10, he's at the university of Tennessee, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and they basically, they injected the tree, they fertilized all these things and none of it did anything besides opening the canopy for the oak to grow. So some of these oaks, um, are just so close together that they're not producing acorns at all. They're just not thriving like they should. Be. I mean, they're big oaks. Like we've got some massive oaks, like the one you yeah. cut down with the down. I, I, I would say, buddy. I would say three uh, feet. I uh, yeah. Uh, I would say like eight foot circumference, just about like, I mean, I, I was looking at it. I was like, it's not quite 10, but if I, I could easily do like, if we touch, if we touched arms, could we touch arms around that tree? We, we could for sure. Yeah. Cause I mean that our arm lengths, six, our height, right? Yeah. I mean, but it'd be close. Like it wouldn't, you wouldn't yeah. have a bunch. So it's eight to 10 foot in circumference. Um, so big Oak, 
and our our MS three eleven saw is, is I that's probably like the biggest tree. I almost felt underpowered with that tree. Um, but the issue with this oak was I thought I had a good path to drop it. And just like anything you do, like prescribed fire or uh, tro- dropping trees, you just need to know really, really well what you're doing because it can kill you. Um, Straight up. Yeah, dropping a tree can kill you so it's in, bad. It's in my top five uh, how I'm going to die. Um, but so when you're dropping big trees like that, you got to have a good path for them to drop. Otherwise it cut like that. Then you get the sketchy situation and you cause tr- tension between trees. And then dropping those trees is, is even sketchier than dropping the first tree. So, um, I, I did, I was an idiot and thought I had a good path. And I, I mean, I almost did looking back at it. There was one, there's one branch that basically ruined my whole operation. Um, so I drop, drop one tree or sorry, sorry. I'm trying to think about the, uh, the process that I went by. So I dropped the big Oak. Okay. It, it, it fell maybe 15 degrees, um, further to the right than I wanted it to. And it caught one, I don't know, foot and a half diameter. Yeah. Foot and a half diameter branch. And that held Which up. Which is a giant branch. Yeah. Yep. Strong branch held up, which I mean, it stopped the entire way to that tree, which is pretty insane. Like I, I was like debating in my head, like even if it does, you, you, your path wasn't that great, but you didn't think a branch branches would stop that massive tree from falling right. down. That's yeah. where you were off. Yep. But if I was, if it did fall where I was hoping it would fall, but I'm not, I'm not some tree felling genius. So, um, I shouldn't have thought I was going to be able to do that. So if I could go back, I would have dropped two, at least two other trees before, um, to get this Oak to fall perfectly and not have any issue. But so I, I dropped, dropped the tree. It doesn't really drop. <laughs> so then I'm like, I'm calling Nate over because I'm like, okay, we got to deal with the situation. So a scary situation. Yeah, definitely. We work our way back, um, from the furthest point of the tree that any, any branches might be hanging on. So first Nate's biting his nails cause he's nervous. Um, first we drop a hackberry. A, a pretty, no, I'm just thinking about the mounds of shit we're going to get for telling this. <laughs> oh, Hey, it's a learning experience. Yeah. Okay. I don't care. Um, we, we've learned since there's, we've had a couple learning experiences and you just gotta yeah. kind of go, hopefully people listening to this podcast aren't going to um, do what we did. So you got to have a really good path with, with these trees. Um, we drop a hackberry. That's a, that's a safe drop. Cause so now we are removing the trees that are in the way. Yep. So yeah. that this thing can, so you have a leaning massive Oak on another Oak. <clears throat> and then, so you realize, okay, now you got to drop the Oak that the big Oaks leaning on, but to drop that Oak, you need to drop a couple others. Mm-hmm. So we're dropping a hackberry drops. Fine. Drop a walnut drops. Fine. Drop drops. Yeah. drops fine. But I mean, it's I mean, like, and it's like a $4,000 walnut. It, it's like a, you're looking at, like, it's kind of like the communication is extremely strong. I'm cutting the tree down and I'm staring at Tom, staring at the tree. Cause you just don't know when that's going to give. So I'm going to give him any signs if I see any movement at all. And it's not like, you're not like right underneath the Oak. Like you're yeah. off to the yeah. side and but the it's thing still is, sketchy. Like, you don't want to be by a tree that's fallen. Yeah. Right. So drop the two, the, the hackberry, the walnut and it, did it shift a little bit in that? I don't really think Not so. a ton. Um, so, 
then it's it's to the to the other oak and Nate starts the wedge on mm-hmm. on the on the uh, side that we want to drop mm-hmm. and you you feel a little pinch in the blade and I you, feel tension you know the th- okay here's my like it's pinched before, me cutting, yeah. before we tell Which the we, I knew it was gonna happen. the the story I was surprised um on the amount of tension that tree had because it, it wasn't like it was a ton smaller than the the other oak I mean dude there's a freaking gigantic tree leaning on it that tree's tons. I know. Like how many know, tons is that tree? Yeah, I know, but that the other oak was not a small oak. I know, but still, when I, I know, I was, I was just a little surprised. That's if you got you a freaking might, Empire building leaning on an Empire building, the Empire building's still gonna have a shitload of stress on it. Yeah. Okay, I won't yeah. share my opinion anymore. No, no, um, I'm just. I mean, I mean, it is a big tree, but it's, I mean, so regardless of how strong it is, so we. We realize there's going to be tension. Nate's, you've got you've got it grooved out a little bit, but you kind of. Stopped. I did the whole wedge. Oh, you did. You did I did the, the whole, whole wedge successfully, um, and then, I I've watched like I watch a lot of felling videos and how tos because like I do realize that it's a it's a dangerous thing and like so far in the what three years that we've spent a lot of time chainsawing, we've done it really safe. We've mm-hmm. done it like over cautiously, I would say. But this one, I'm like, mm, this like one has a it's little kinda, sketch. Yeah, it's kind of like with gun safety, you got to watch out for the old dudes because they think they know what they're doing because they've been doing it for so long. And I know three years isn't long at all. Like we're still newbies at all. But we need to have like it's almost like we need to like say a pledge every single time we go chainsawing so we remember everything uh, to not do that stupid. Um, so as you start working on the other edge, like I'm. I'm freaking like an ump, like telling you, like giving you eye contact every second and you're backed off of it. Cause you know, like as soon as there's, when any, you're cutting, when you're cutting a tree, you're the last place you want to be is right behind the saw. You want to be off to the side. So I was off to the side as you should be. Cause if I would have been behind, I probably would have been killed. No, you just would have been propelled you, into the tree. It would have smoked me in the head. That no, your, your cut wasn't that high. I would have been here working behind the saw. That piece would have come up and just smoked my chest and head. I, I, I don't know if it would have killed me, but it could have killed me. The, the, the power that thing uh, had, no, I mean, no, it I know there's a lot would of have power, sent me but... into the freaking, yeah, I guess. Okay. So anyways, I started cutting and immediately like I'm, I'm an inch in this thing just snaps, comes back towards me. Cause I mean, that's why I'm trying to say like, thank God I was off to the side. Because if I would have been behind it, wherever it would have hit, it would have but broken. I mean, it would have broken arms. It would have broken legs. It would have broken my fucking jaw. <laughs> Sorry, the language. And I mean, and then it just like everything goes. And I mean, there was no injuries. I didn't have. I didn't get a paper cut from the thing. Like both of us were fine. Yeah, so but it was like, a, okay, that this we need to do this different. That's never yep. going to happen again. Yep. So why are we telling everybody this? Um, we, I mean, it was obviously a big mistake on, on my part. I shouldn't have um, thought I was going to have a clean, smooth sailing. There should never be any question when you're dropping a tree that size. So um, don't make the mistake we made. Um, make sure there's always a clean path. Um, if you are in a sketchy situation, really like think through it as much as possible. Think about the safest way you could do it. Um, like We don't have um, any big equipment. Mm-hmm. Uh, any farm equipment at all that like move any of the trees before this. So 
um, it's like looking back at it in the situation we were in, like, do you not cut the other oak or like, what, what do you do? Do you just let it, let it hang out and hope that nature falls the other oak? I mean, eventually that oak is going to dry up and it's lighter. There's less tension maybe. Um, so just take it extremely, extremely careful, uh, when you are working with a chainsaw. I mean, deer are great, but they're not uh, worth risking your life over. And, um, I mean, we learned a lot from that. So, um, if you're kind of like a, if you're an intense, uh, land manager listening to this, we don't need the, we don't need to get chewed out. We already, we did that to ourselves. So, um, yeah, I think the biggest thing looking back, the only mistake we made was not being, I mean, you didn't cut those other trees down because I mean, it was just like a way, it was just like more time and more effort, more everything I would assume. Right. Or, and it was just maybe just a lack of knowledge because it was, uh, you didn't think it was going to stop. It didn't really occur to me because I thought I was going to be able to, in my head, I was like, okay, if I can get 75% of the tree to at least fall that way, like there's nothing holding it back. Yeah. So, I mean, we would have had zero issues if, I mean, we would have dropped that one oak Mm -hmm. and then dropped this one on there. So it's like just maybe taking one more extra step of caution. But dropping that one oak would maybe lead to other issues with the other trees next to it. So. Yeah, I mean, when you're dropping in a thick area, it's it, it's like start with the smallest that can drop easy, and then work. Yeah, it's never just dropping one. You tree. need a clearing really to be able to drop, start dropping trees. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't just be dropping straight in the forest because you have nowhere to go. Um, but yeah, um, so that was that was basically our first day of uh, timber work. Um, During that whole situation, I wasn't even like as nervous as I was just re- relaying that story. Like kind of one of those things you look back on and be like, whoa, that could have been way worse. Yeah. But we're both fine. We, uh, I mean, just a, that, that's basically how you want a learning experience to go. Like you need to be a little scared. Um, you need, you need to learn a lot and hopefully you don't get injured and yeah. all those things happen. That's, um, that's how you learn. It kind of, it kind of sounds dumb and I wish that wouldn't have happened. Trial by but, fire. Um, so yeah, let's move on. So, um, what other timber things have we done this year? Um, we, uh, our, our, our new food plot in the Southeast, not, yep. not, um, 60 yards from where me and Tommy shot our, shot our bucks, mm-hmm. uh, late December. It, it was a pretty naturally open area. Mm-hmm. And we were like, Hey, if we, if we move a couple cedars, drop two trees and then girdle the rest. Yep. Like this is a, a quarter acre food plot. That area is like, <clears throat> when you talk about diversity, and a property like you want to hunt by diversity you know like for whitetails man you find them in like the places where there's like the landscape just looks so like it's not just a like a singular looking landscape it's like a bunch of different things going up you got certain grasses you got certain different trees you got sunlight you got shade yes yeah. so uh, in that area you've got scattered cedars which is great i mean you don't want a thick cedar forest i shared a thing uh, from the land and legacy guys on instagram yesterday you don't want like a thick cedar forest because that just doesn't, it's sterile basically. Um, but like a scattered throughout is super beneficial. That's what we've got there. You've got good sunlight, so you have taller grass and then you've got oaks and you've got some hickories in there that like provide a little shade here and there. Also a little food source here and there. Um, so just that perfect area. I mean, that's, I mean, we had an insane December back there. So we're like, man, if we just had a little food source, a little stopping point for them in there, be even yeah crazier and it was already a natural area i mean we just dropped a couple like you said we just dropped a couple trees and it's already i mean enough sun in there to easily have a plot yeah 
So it's we'll, small. We'll frost seed that. Um, should we just uh, clover? What, what other timber management clover in there? Probably. Yeah. Um, we uh, we we lit a little fire in there. Didn't go well. Um, it was not dry enough. <clears throat> um, but we burned. I mean, a portion of it, I guess. Trying to just get that bare soil so that we can frost seed it good in there. Um, and then we we pushed even further south. We did some mowing. Um, basically there's multiflora and there's also raspberry back there that both have real nasty thorns on it. I mean, multiflora is a rose, so it's got like the hook and it'll just catch you and just tear you up. Um, and I mean, there are certain places back there that you cannot walk through. Do you know what the, the green viney thing is with the black ones? Like the super straight out. Yeah. I don't know. Some sort of briar. I don't know. I need to look what that is, but yeah. And then we got gooseberry back there and bunch a lot of, of, of nasty stuff. Um, and man, like literally, I mean, there are sections of what, I mean, 20, I mean, 30 yards by 30 yards are just like straight. Like you can't get through deer. Nothing can get through unless you're maybe a rabbit that could live underneath there. Um, so we mowed some paths through there. The DR mower all mm-hmm. the way back there. And we're, I mean, just wreaked havoc all over. I mean, yeah. and we yeah. only touched probably 1% of it. That mower is the best thing. I mean, it's like not huge, but man, it gets anywhere and it cuts anything. It's like, what is it? 26 inch yeah. blade. Mm-hmm. Um, so decently sized, but not, not too big, not too small. You can maneuver easily, yeah. like get around. It's got just, really good just, power. I just walk behind it. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it just eats. So, I mean, we, we put paths through areas that there had like nothing's been able to get through for a long time since yeah. we've owned the property for sure. So we did a bunch of paths through there. Yeah. The crazy thing is we've had the property three years now and we've never like we still are still touching brand new spots mm-hmm. that yeah. we never messed with before yeah yep um and then on those ridges that we also we decreased our seizure count by at least a third yeah i was i was mowing over anything decently small and you were taking down bigger ones and yeah. it, it could still take more i mean there are some pretty heavy shaded spots still mm-hmm. in there Yep. I mean, we, we opened up a lot of that, just piling up cedars that will burn later. Um, but yeah, just trying again, <clears throat> like the, a scattered cedar landscape is super awesome. Um, I mean, we find a bunch of sheds in there. It, you get some sunlight in there. They do bed by them. Um, I mean, we've been on several hunts where you just see a, a doe come in and just pile up under a cedar and just hang out for a mm-hmm. while. But I mean, if they're just all around each other, like the place we hunt in Northeast Nebraska, I mean, there's not life in those cedars. Mm-hmm. Um, because it's just cedar forest, but, um, and it's super hard to get through. But so yeah, we mess with the cedars. Um, and I mean, basically if you're, if you're owning property, like in listening to this, the biggest thing we're doing is just creating diversity. Like anywhere we see like, okay, everything looks the same here. Um, it's like impenetrable with, yeah. with certain like brush. We're going to mow, open it up. Uh, it's like, man, there's no sunlight. We're going to get sunlight. And it's like, man, there's only like one certain type of sp- tree species here we're going to open up sunlight remove some of those to allow other things to come up like that's all we're trying to do we're just yeah, looking at that situation and just diversifying it's really not it. rocket science it's like asking those few basic questions that matt ross asked us when he walked our property years ago he's like like what changes need to happen um for better wildlife back here and better deer habitat and it's 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 basically removing like what you just said, opening up and removing what's not supposed to be there, what shouldn't yep. be there. So Yep. Like this last spring we uh we mowed a path through kind of the central and north area and I, I think it's why our clover 
sit where I shot my, my deer was so good for those times because we mowed paths to it. And I mean, a lot of those places you couldn't get to. And I mean, I was walking those paths this year. I mean, they're just, it just scrapes all over those paths. And I mean, if you wouldn't have touched that with the mower, it would just be a freaking thorny, deer, bushy mess. Deer, like we sometimes think as think of deer as like superhuman, like all oh, like they're betting in this stuff, they're getting through it. But no, I mean, if, if, if it's tough for you to walk through, like deer aren't going to waste their time. They're going to, mm. they always take the path of least resistance. Yep. So I think that's maybe mainly the tamper. Uh, oh, should I transition? Oh, that too. So from our transition plot, so we've got our, uh, food plots on the West side of our property. And then only in, in the timber, about 80 to hundred yards, we have this transition plot, which is about a quarter acre brassicas, clover, super good. That's where Tommy hit young 10. We saw a bunch of bucks in there. I mean, just a solid plot. I mean, deer hit it all the time. Um, we have now made a big old path <clears throat> from transition to our corn and beans. And it's, I mean, cleared out what 10, I mean, a lot of the places there's a good five to 10 yards. Yeah. Um, our, our plan is to frost seed it and make yep. it a little carpet food highway. Yeah. Yeah. A little carpet of clover in between both of them that they'll just hit and use for travel and also use just for a food source to take them to yeah. and from faster maybe. Um, <clears throat> so that is going to be really awesome. So we removed and girdled a bunch in there. Yep. What else? Mowed that down. We haven't mowed that yet. Yep. Our southeast, um, sorry, our uh, shed plot, uh, we um, we were noticing deer all season bedding um, right in the thick stuff there, and we mowed quite a bit back there and also girdled a couple couple bigger trees back there too, so hopefully that's right by our shed in the south area. Yep. Um, yep. So, yeah, just more sunlight. I mean, that's the biggest thing we're working on constantly. I, I'd say... I mean, um, we're, we're going to take it easy now, February 9th. We're going to take it easy. Um, the rest of the shed season to try to, um, not spook deer. I mean, we're pretty amazed deer are hammering on our property, uh, during the night after a long day of work. Yeah. Um, I they, mean, running saws all day and like the sun's it, it been really, down the buck on camera. Yeah. I think with how consistent we're doing it, um, they really are used to it and they don't mind it much. And um, I think they just know we're doing good stuff. Like mm -hmm. I truly think deer whitetails love change. So I think like, honestly, like I think when you're cutting and they're hearing saws ripping, they're like, I'm going to go check that I out. I think like, think about all the new smells, um, that are associated with like cutting brush or, mm -hmm. or cutting, uh, trees down. I think they also, also can, mm -hmm. they experience that and know it's a good sign. Yep. Yep. For sure. So that was awesome. Um, really good year of working the saws and we still definitely have a few more tasks that we want to do. It doesn't stop. But again, the patience as a landowner, as a land manager, Man, just having the patience of realizing it doesn't all have to be done immediately is a yeah. big deal. I would say, uh, do you want to transition into prescribed fire quick? Yeah. Um, so we um, also, management-wise, we had our buddy Jacob Staub to the property, and we killed a couple, couple raccoons, mm -hmm. a coyote. Mm -hmm. um, so it was a really good trip there. I mean, most of you probably know that raccoons just destroy turkey populations. They'll... Um, they wreck eggs, turkey mm -hmm. eggs, and we were trying to get ahead of that a little bit. I mean, our 80s pretty thick with them. Um, we killed a couple, so that probably won't do a ton, but it makes you feel better. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a huge thing. What, whatever your state regs are, trap them, shoot them, call them, um, do anything to decrease the raccoons. I mean, it's nuts. They're 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 everywhere. Yeah. They're everywhere, I mean, and I think it's I think it's a huge part of the decrease with uh with turkey numbers in a lot of states now. So. 
I think you should be able to shoot them year round, however mm-hmm. you want, but it just hasn't, they haven't made that shift yet. Yeah. So, um, yeah, knocked that down, called in the first coyote that we've ever been on. Um, our buddy Jacob, he is, he's definitely more into the coyote hunting. Um, and we were actually calling on a neighbor's property that gave us permission. And I mean, four minutes into a distressed cottontail, this, this yote came out. Yeah. He came running yards. from our 80 onto the neighbors and it was mm-hmm. perfect. Yeah. Wrecked him. Um, so yeah, we did, we've done a little prescribed fire. We did, um, like I talked about, we did, we did a little fire in our, our Southeast going to be new plot. And then we did, um, fire this last trip actually, um, in Freddie's corridor, which is kind of like, um, from the road you head East into the, into the ground, you hit our plots and then you kind of go down a slope and it like has this bench from all, almost all the way South to all the way North. You have this uh, bench. It used to be. A road. Um, it used to be a road, yeah, yeah. way, way back when. It's all grassy, and most of the time it holds water, actually. But this time it was like, it was still a little wet in places, which we didn't mind because we thought the grass would probably go hot. It's kind of like a nice fire line. Um, and, I mean, we burned a couple of really good spots in there because um, this year we were wanting to frost seed. We have uh, river oats um, and some different grasses and some uh, some clover, of course. So we just want to frost seed in these different spots. It, just get rid of yeah. the normal brome. Like, we just want to get that out because... It provides cover for certain things, but just not like a, a super beneficial grass. So we're wanting to put in more oats and more other things that will take in a wet, shaded um, environment, but also could be helpful more for deer yeah. and wildlife. I mean, it was a perfect fire um, in those couple spots we did. Um, wasn't patchy at all, but wasn't wasn't like getting out of hand ever. Um, it was a west wind, which pushes east into our property which is perfect because it won't go into our timber because it's yep. too it's too moist so you got a perfect i mean fire line you don't have to worry about it going anywhere which is nice yeah um and then with jacob there we also had a fire we had a uh, south wind pushing north and it was maybe um a little breezy to do it out there maybe not i mean it was it was for, it was all right for, okay for the spot we wanted to burn um we needed a west wind to push it into yes, the timber more but, but like if we would have let it run into all of our big stuff, it would have been perfect. Yeah. Um, like breeze wise, it was, a, it was the fastest fire we've done. Um, cause it was obviously it's really dry. It's the middle of the winter. Um, definitely like had the biggest flames I would say. Um, and we, I mean, it made us a little nervous, but we knew at the end of the day, we have our really good fire lines and stuff. And we, we put it out, we basically, we burned by the shed it, yeah. South and then we cut it off where, um, like it starts to get into like our big brome areas and big Egyptian yeah. wheat and plots. If you've never burned before, the first time you do like start lighting your ground on fire, um, obviously have, have like double the guys you think you need, have every precaution put in place, have at least one, get your pro, burn have at least one pro with you, um, that's done it a bunch. And, uh, because when that fire starts, like you want to check off every list in your head and be like, okay, like this is safe. Like mm-hmm. what we're doing is perfect. And yeah. with this burn, I think we had four of the five boxes checked off mm-hmm. and, um, we didn't like, there was snow on the ground in a lot of spots. So mm-hmm. we were like this, it, the humidity is pr- like decently low today, but it's not going to like roll, mm-hmm. but the, it, it rolled like, <laughs> yeah, it did. It was that's like, and that was the only thing that made us nervous. It's yeah. just like, I mean, we've done fire for the last three years. We've done quite a bit of it, but mm-hmm. it's like, oh man, that was just fast. Like that was yeah. the fastest fire we've seen take. I mean, as and soon as you like that line, you really didn't goes. have the time to do the whole giant, whatever, six to eight acres of brome and mm-hmm. really dry stuff that we have. Mm-hmm. 
Um, when we did what a few acres of that, I'd say fire, uh, I'd say it burned hot and fast. An acre and a half, two acres, um, and it, it was fully burned in thirty minutes. So yeah, um, and we we were like so like we had a had the wind direction change for a second, um, which gave me the ability to put it out um, because the only issue that you have is that the well we only put out the the freaking uh, ditch. Because right. that just that's runs. Was, that, that's, that, that's the, the only grass, issue because yeah. <clears throat> in this, like, for some reason on our road we're on, the farmers don't go to to the edge. Mm-hmm. Um, like like a lot of the roads around us, like mm-hmm. the, the ag goes straight to the edge, which would obviously be a super good fire line. But yeah. for us, the the ditch has really, really hot, um, grass. hot grass that could go basically the length of, of our road, like a mile Miles. or two. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we just wanted that. That was our only boundary that yep. we were like, okay, we just need to stop that, mm-hmm. um, which we did. We, I mean, having a steel blower that, um, and water, that was our biggest thing. Yeah. Um, we realized like on, like with a hotter burn, um, like this, like we do need a bigger hose to mm-hmm. really douse that water. water, like a, a smaller, like backpack sprayer ain't going to do shit. Yeah. Um, so I was, I was uh, a little lucky to get a little, we weren't worried because we, there are a couple, there's, we have a big driveway uh, on the top north, that would also stop it, but mm-hmm. we just didn't want to. Um, we just didn't want to have to. We weren't planning on doing that all today, so we we're like, ah, like from a content side too. We were like, oh, we just don't want it to all go right now. Like it, it would be fine if it did. Like we're not worried about it getting out of hand. It just was like, ah, eh, we just we we want more hands on deck, and we also just want from a content side to be able yeah. to show all you guys stuff. So so we were able to stop it, um, and like a day day later it was, it was snowing again out yep. there so it was the perfect i mean the perfect window um that you look for low humidity then followed by snow or rain is always nice to um get make sure everything's all good to go there so mm-hmm. yeah so that's the uh, that's all the fire we've done um yeah i i'd say we get a lot of questions on social media about that i'm like a couple biggies have a crap load of people have somebody that's done it multiple times. Like you, the first time you light your fire, you need to have somebody that's done it before. Mm-hmm. 100%. You need to have an access to a good amount of water. You need to have access to like, I would say a several like high power blowers yep. and then, um, fire you, lines. And you need to think about any, and then any get your burn permit, in, call the sheriff any, department, get a burn permit. Yep. Think about any single spot that that fire could continue into an area. Yeah. And make sure that there's a fire line there. Yep. Um, that, I mean, we recommend because if it will if, continue, it will. Like at right. the end of the day, in the timber, we recommend five to six feet fire line. But if you're trying to stop a brome fire, like a hot grass fire, I mean, you need a road. Yeah, you need ten feet um, at least. Yeah, at least to get a good of like uh, basically dirt. Yeah. So that was that. The whole reason we burned that, maybe we haven't gotten into why we're burning that. I mean, we just want new things to come up again. Like, we got some weeds, you got some normal brome, and we just want to diversify. We want that to yep. be different. Yep. So, we're um, just, right right now, we're just getting we're gonna, into that We're going to have a more in-depth podcast with some pros um, for the prescribed fire. But the basic gist is, during dormant season, which runs January to, what you say, March, mm-hmm. um, when plants uh, really aren't growing during their dormancy, they'll, they'll start sprouting up again in the springtime. Um, you're really not changing the structure when you're burning, but you're removing all the waste in, that are, that's in, that litters the ground, and that 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 enables new shrubs to come up um, better during the during spring. And if you've done the proper TSI work, hopefully it it 
brings about better, better forbs because you, you have more sunlight in those spots. So, mm-hmm. um, the, the late growing season burns, which I have a lot of questions about, we've actually never done one. Um, we want to, um, but those are the ones that actually change the structure of what's, what's growing on the ground and can lead to a much better fort. So, uh, but it, I mean, dormant season burns, they, they do a lot, a lot of good. And we've seen, um, we've seen, seen some plant structure change because of those burns. We're getting more native, native things, less invasives. It really cuts back on those. So, mm-hmm. yep. Um, you want to get into your shed find? Sure. We found two so far. Um, yeah, so the most recent really jacked us up. Um, we have never found a, like a shed really this early. I mean, we had one drop early, which was kind of a freak weird deal, but um, we had this shed um, off of Big Eight, which we picked one up in um, 2020. We picked up his match set when he was three and a half, and then last year match set is four and a half, and then we were um, driving through our cornfield on the way out, leaving. Um, and I've got an old beater truck, so sometimes when you just want to drop a couple of rows of that corn, we just drive over it real fast. And, and Dad asks us, he's like, you're not worried about, like, a popping a, a sh- wheel? I was like, no, they, our bucks aren't shedding yet. Yeah, yeah. Um, we've never, I mean, they never shed this early for us. Like, you're not finding crap down here unless it's into the 20s of February mm-hmm. for sure. Um, and sure enough, we're halfway through that cornfield, and I look out to my right, and it's just and a the stuff whopper. that's already cut. Yeah, there's big eights right side. I was like, whoa, hit the brakes. Um, just a big shed. He's at 158. Yeah. I mean, I put him up to, uh, if you if you watch our stuff closely, the uh, we found a deadhead on our property the first year hunting it, and we called Lindsey. Um, he's just a big um, eight-pointer, and we measured him at like 140 on the dot. And I put his shed up to Lindsey, and I mean, it, he looks tiny. Yes. So I'm like, he's everything of a 158, which is a big eight in my mind. Um, Yeah. Right side. Crazy. February, whatever day it was. Seventh left side's got to be close by. Yeah. We think, I mean, we think it's close. I mean, we knew if we were going to find any buck early, it's going to be him because he has dropped earlier in February. Um, But I mean, it had been there for a few days. It wasn't like fresh blood on it or nothing. Um, But I mean, a big giant side, the most mass I've seen carry through a main beam. On any deer we've yeah. we've taken off, right, I mean, it's right thick. to the point, yeah, pretty crazy. Um, and then later we put out some some feed for the deer, and, and later that night there was a big old buck, both sides missing, and it's got to be him. Yeah, it's got to be him. Yeah. So hopefully the other side's close by. Yeah, that would be awesome. Um, but we still like last night we had pictures of a uh, a sticker buck that we we uh, saw multiple times this year, three and a half year old holding both. A couple of younger so, guys with half rack. Yep. So uh, they. Uh, Certain deer are still holding, certain are losing, but that, we, we that promised, jacked us up pretty yeah. good. That was really exciting. We promised the rest of our family that we're not going to walk the 80 until our big family shed trip. Because mm-hmm. usually, last year is by accident Yeah, that we found. Um, we weren't planning on shed hunting when we yeah, did find Yeah, we were chainsaw sheds. working, but we're not going to, we're basically not going to work on our 80 the rest of February um, because we got a lot done in January. We still have the month of March to do things mm-hmm. um, before it starts to leaf up. But we'll walk some neighbor ground and some public ground nearby and, and do that sort of thing. But hopefully we can just scoop them up in, in March. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's super exciting finding those things, man. You just never know what it's going to hit. And Finding them in the corn was tough. That was our first corn shed yet. I'm sure there'll be more out there. And it's like the coloring's a little off, but you're just looking at a bunch of shiny leaves and stuff and corn stalks. It's tough. But 
um, yeah, that was super exciting. You can see that one's on our uh, Instagram. We put, put up a couple pics on that guy. So um, I think that's about it. Hopefully we didn't bore you guys too much. If you guys are land like owners or managers, or I mean, this helps hunting as well. Just like public land, man. When I'm looking for public land, I'm looking for diversity. I'm like mm-hmm. looking for those things. And um, it just makes you understand like why deer are using certain things and it helps you become a much better hunter in my opinion. So if you guys have questions about it and want us to go into more detail, like Tom said, we will go into like really specific, specific stuff. Cause we didn't talk about um, like the species we're cutting a ton. We didn't talk about like why we're cutting those necessarily or um, how we are actually cutting down trees. Um, yeah. So, and we'll get, um, we're going to get um, hopefully the land and legacy guys on out. Mm-hmm. I'm going to message them and see if they'd be willing to jump on. Cause they're, they're experts all around. You should check them out on Instagram. Um, and that should be hopefully the next podcast. We're going to try to get out some regular ones and just not on the, not on the road. Do you want to yeah. give a Turkey permission update? Yes. So I wrote, um, 70 letters about, um, asking to hunt, um, people's property for turkeys. And I had a couple no's yesterday and one yes, um, and then one yes the day before. So I've got two yeses, and I've got, I think, eight no's now. How big is the second one you got permission on? 550. And the first one? 513. Gotcha. So I, I, I've passed over the 1,000 acres of turkey permission. One of them is about two, two hours 20 away. Um, one of them is like probably an hour. So... Uh, I'm pretty thrilled. Um, uh, I'm not going to give away my secrets on this, but like, I feel like you've already given away. I will give away some of my things. I'll just say this. Everybody that has messaged me has said this. We received your very kind letter asking for permission. I'm just going to put it there. (sighs) All right. Well, thanks for tuning in and uh, we will talk to you hopefully next week. Yep, good luck uh, shed hunting.